Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. I'm Andy Craig, co-head of the Investment Insights Center. I'm standing in today for my colleague, Daniel Morris, our chief global strategist who's traveling. And today I'm very glad to welcome David Choa, head of Greater China Equities. Welcome, David, and thanks for joining me. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me here today. Now, David, we've had a momentous week uh, in financial markets with um, a major policy shift from the ECB last week, following the example of the US Federal Reserve and the Bank of England, who are all now embarked on what appear to be tightening cycles. So a major reversal uh, after a long period of extremely low interest rates. The People's Bank of China, on the other hand, has been easing monetary policy. And that leads us into uh, one of the most important questions for investors, is the outlook for Chinese equities in 2022. How do you see the, the outlook? Are Chinese equities well positioned for a rebound in 2022 after the large correction in 2021? And to what extent is the new variant Omicron a serious obstacle? I think 2022 will be a year of two. The first half will still be a bit tough with a lot of uncertainty with the Omicron and then also with the US rate hike and then the fact that the growth or the recovery in China is moderated. And then the pressure on the housing is still substantial. But while the earning revision of the Chinese company may not be complete until the first half of this summer, the market may bottom before that. Now we are more likely to see we are entering a period of loosening cycle on both the property and the recreation on a lot of other industries. And not to forget that actually China is also on a loosening path on the fiscal and monetary policy. So we believe that actually this will be a year of two and the second half will be much better, and then the market may actually be bottomed much sooner before the company earnings has bottomed. And then entering into the second half, the comparable will become more favorable, and we more likely to see that uh, even though China is not totally out of a lot of the troubles, we could see the stabilizing factors in a lot of the regulation among the uh, government policy that we could see such stabilizing force will lead to a more favorable investing environment in the second half. Very good. I mean, you've mentioned the real estate sector, and of course, there's been a lot of talk about the downturn in the property market in China. To what extent do you expect a serious spillover effect from the, the downturn in the real estate market in China, or are those pressures now easing? Should we be avoiding investments in the real estate sector at the moment? To answer that question, uh, we have to understand that improving the affordability of the housing is a top agenda in China this day, and it will be here to stay. But we also have to realize that actually property in China has an outsized importance in the economy. It's about one third of the household wealth one-third of the GDP and one-third of the local government budget. So needless to say, this is not a space that the government can pay with fire. And now we understand from the wordings 
of the policy meeting in December last year, actually, the tone has changed much more pragmatic. Even in the space, we see a lot of property developers in troubles, but we believe that it's not going to be a systematic risk. We see that a lot of the government policy is coming to stabilize the sector from encouraging more credit lending to the real estate space to relaxing some of the mortgage application and also potential relaxation of some of the rules regarding the use of the prepayment and debt deposit funding. So what it means is that while a lot of the balance sheet of the real estate company is still in trouble, but we understand that it's not going to be a huge systematic spillover effect. We see some light at the end of the tunnel, even though we are not totally out of it. So we see a high chance things will slowly be stabilized and the worst is really behind us, which is at the third quarter last year. And now we are probably on a stabilizing path. So going into this year, we think the real estate investment and the growth, the new GFA uh, sales will quite likely to be still a down year, but at least it's not going to be collapsed. And starting from 2023 onward, it was still growing at a lower pace. But this is, I think, something acceptable for the market because what we need to see is a stabilization, but not necessarily a strong growth in the sector because we all understand it's not uh, realistic and it's not what the market is going to pay for. So what we will suggest for investment actually even the variation of the sector remains cheap. I think there are better pace elsewhere. For example, there are pace, there are stocks that relate to the public sector that got sell off indiscriminately during the period of the uh, regulatory pressure, like the construction software or the home furnishing companies. For example, for the software, construction software companies, the real estate companies will need more of such digital tools to help them to improve the efficiency, not less of it. So there's still a lot of opportunities related to this name that got sold down together with the related uh, real estate sector. David, another of the big issues in 2021 was the policy regulatory cycle in China. And I'm talking, of course, about the common prosperity agenda, which was a big issue in the summer last year. Do you think these policy uncertainties are over now? Do you have specific opportunities you can identify in this space and in tech more broadly going forward? Certainly. Before I answer the question, uh, one thing to emphasize is actually some of this top agenda is here to stay. And what are these top agenda? Number one is the social equality, lowering the gap between the rich and the poor. Secondly, it's about fighting the demographic, fighting the aging society. Number three is about the national security, especially on the aspect related to data. These top agenda will be here to stay, for sure, for the subsequent years going forward. But the peak and the intensity of the recreation is probably behind us. That was last year. Going into this year, actually, we see a higher chance for normalization, even though some of this agenda will be here to stay, but the emphasis of the government is to refine some of this policy and have a better visibility. And now the market also has a better understanding of what the top agendas are. 
I think the market sentiment and then the market expectation of a lot of the companies will become more reasonable going forward and a lot of the risk is already in the price. And because of the economic pressure the country is facing, as I mentioned in the beginning, we are quite likely to be on a loosening path. I'm not saying that they're going to reverse all the policy, but at least the intensity of the frequency will be much more benign and they are going to be much more pragmatic. And the growth is the top priority right now rather than actually further uh, regulation in the industry. I think that's more likely that we will be back to a new normal. But we think that actually gaming is one of the bright sectors in China going forward because we are entering a new era with a much richer content, a much more uh, diversified play of games across different hardwares. And the gaming will probably broaden beyond the hardcore gamers and the use cases will be beyond entertainment going forward. So gaming companies, especially the leading one, will be in a very good place to capture a lot of these opportunities as well. And then, for example, in the uh, healthcare space, the fear is about the affordability. But actually, what the Chinese government has been doing consistently is actually the constant promotion of innovation in the sector. So we believe that a lot of the biotech companies and leading life science companies will still be very interesting. And that right now, a much fair valuation compared to before. So there's still a lot of places to pay different interesting ideas after uh, Brutal 2021. Thank you. David, you are head of the uh, Greater China Equities team in our Hong Kong office. Um, and of course, your your role involves evaluating the outlook and the risks for Chinese stocks. What do you see today as the biggest risks when investing in Chinese equities? Uh, and are these risks manageable? H- how do you assess them you know, at the start of, of, uh, of 2022? One factor that's emerging is actually re-emerging is the geopolitical risk which is something in the external and not easy to be controlled. Uh, but that has happened before in China, and uh, a lot of those risk is certain is around a certain sector of companies, uh, like in some of the highly sensitive sector, like uh, semiconductor foundries. So there are names that we would like to avoid, but there are still a lot of other interesting names that we could pay in the same time. Chinese is big enough that there are enough innovation coming up and some of it is going to happen without without the geopolitical risk. So I think there's still a lot of interesting trade we can uh, leverage on. And looking back in the history, actually, this macro and regulation risk has been around in China. But these are actually the best time also to invest in China. What we need to do is to stay calm, stay selective, and stay long-term. David, thank you very much. So I think it's a, it's a very interesting analysis you've given us. We have a Chinese market with the central bank embarking on a cycle of gradual monetary easing as policymakers focus on growth. The big issues are out in the clear, the real estate market uh, and the uh, policy decisions that have been made with regard to stabilizing the market. And also the regulatory environment seems to be coming clearer after the surprises in 2021. Now, that's all we have time for today. 
If you'd like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out our Investors Corner blog. And I'd recommend the recent white paper that David and his team wrote on building back stability in Chinese and emerging market Asian equities. For listeners who have devices with Alexa, you can ask Alexa to enable investment insights or search for investment insights on Amazon under the category Alexa skills. David, my thanks to you for sharing your insights with us this morning. Thank you very much. The pleasure is mine. Thank you, David. So please join Daniel next week when he'll be speaking with Justin Winter from Impacts Asset Management about the outlook for water and water-related stocks. Until then, we hope you stay safe and please take care. Bye-bye. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BMP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.